I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Brandon Tierney, Salakata back on the fan. Nice to be joined in studio here by Connor Hughes, my colleague over at SNY. Of course, he's an NFL reporter for SNY, covers both the Jets and the Giants. I know you started before that, Connor, were with the Jets more so, but this year doing both, BT and I, both fan of your work. Mm-hmm. Figured have you in on Football Friday to talk some football. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This is fun. I've never you been in here You do a before. great job there. I remember um, I, I didn't, I never met him. I sent you a DM. What about a year or so ago? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys were awesome, man. I'm like, keep up the good work. He's just, you, you do solid work, so... We need the real answers on a lot of questions here. Oh, here we, we, we got a yeah. punch, and I listen. I, don't, I you know the Belichick. So I'm going to put the Belichick aside for a moment. Okay. That's what we're discussing. Should yeah. the Jets make a play? They won't. I don't think they should. South thinks they should. Well, you, can can you confirm that there's no chance? Well, uh, yeah, I guess you could start with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 no chance, right? Yeah, no, they're they're running it back with Robert and and Hackett and and all those guys. Okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a confirmed yeah. thing. Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah, yeah. It's not personal. Uh, I do think he's a, a terrific human being. I think Robert Sala is an awful head coach. I do, and I think he lost the team going back to the Mike White stuff, where mm-hmm. like they, there's been too many things where. The, the, not I want to say lack of control because I do think the players respect him certainly to an extent, but I, I don't see much of a ceiling with him as a head coach. I'm sorry. Do you? Am I missing something here? So I would say that it, it is. It's a little alarming that we're now going into year four with him, and you can still have those questions, and and you don't know, right? We we don't know if he's an elite level head coach. We don't know if he's truly the 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 CEO type that they wanted when they hired him because they tried to go the the CEO-ish with Todd Bowles and they wanted the brilliant offensive mind with Adam Gase and they went back to the CEO type and thought he was going to be a little bit more rah-rah like Rex was, but maybe a little bit more controlled, which is what they were looking for. But uh, I don't I don't necessarily know if I'm ready to go there yet because I do think that that Robert and Jeff Olbert, they deserve credit for the defense, which I believe is is one of the better in the NFL. Uh, the offense has been terrible, but how much do you put on how much you can do without a quarterback? And and when there was a quarterback there, we did see the offense work. We saw it with Mike White for a bit, you know? So I think that that is a testament. I don't think Mike LaFleur should have gotten fired because things did get substantially substantially worse once they brought in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, but yeah, I do think it's probably a little alarming that, that we're sitting here now and, and you still can't say one way or another if, if he is an elite level coach. But look, they're going to give him a chance to run it back and, and see this thing through with Aaron Rodgers for better or worse. Who's making this decision? Because to me, it's reckless the way that the Jets are going to double down and go into it. I mean, I have my assumptions of who it mm-hmm. is. Maybe you know better with your information. Is this Woody? Is this Joe Douglas? Who is deciding to bring the whole thing back with Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers? Well, it it, it is... It's ownership. Uh, it, it is ownership deciding to run this one through because ultimately if the Jets let go of Robert Sala, they were letting go of Joe Douglas. Like, you're not going to let Joe Douglas pick another head coach, right? I mean, this is the thing is that... So it was either both gone or mm-hmm. both Yeah, said. I mean, think about this. This whole team is is Joe Douglas's fingerprints. Right. I mean, this, we, you, can't, you can't hang your hat or... And I've gotten into discussions with this with Robert and with Joe and other people over there that, that the days of being able to, to push blame onto anybody else, they're over. This isn't like you can say... 
John Edzik, right? You can't say Mike McCagnan. There's very few leftovers. I think it's Quinn and Williams and, and Thomas Hennessy are the only leftovers from the Mike McCagnan regime. So this is Joe Douglas's handpicked was quarterback in Zach Wilson, his handpicked players, his handpicked coaching staff. I mean, this was him. So if you're going to say, okay, this didn't work, you're, you're it's very rare that you let a general manager with Joe Douglas's track record then pick it all over again. So this was Woody Johnson looking at this entire landscape and deciding – is it better to blow it all up now and restart it all now, yeah. or do you want to give these guys a chance to see it through? And and in my opinion, there was mounting evidence that you probably should have started over, that that, that would have been the right decision. I mean, yeah. I think there are legitimate questions with the entire offense that they got substantially worse after letting Michael Floor go in just about every statistical category. And I know what they push to. They'll push to... They don't have anyone opposite Garrett Wilson. They'll push to the quarterbacking problem where they lost I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Whose Rod- fault is that? Correct. That's what? my argument with them. That's that is, what they yes. used to push back. Yeah, that hey, is, yes. memo to the Jets, come up with some more material. You picked all the guys. That's my, that's my counter. That, that has been my counter Jeez. consistently is that you don't have a quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers because you chose to run it back with Zach Wilson. You don't have a receiver opposite Garrett Wilson because of your own mishaps. They drafted Denzel Mims in the second round. You drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. You went out and signed Corey Davis. You signed Alan Lazard. You signed McCall Hardman and then traded Elijah Moore. I mean, you did all of these things, and that's why you don't have... It's not, and again, like you can say theory and, oh, you know, they, they there were... Their, their mindset or their plan was right. It was just flawed the way they saw it through. But still, it's your fault why you don't have these things, which is why I go back to, well, what is it? But their thing is, I, I think their thought process was, and I should say what their thought process was, was that let's run it back. Let's just, we, we, we told you guys that we wanted to see this thing with Aaron Rodgers. That blew up four plays in. We're going to give you one more opportunity to see this through with Aaron, and if it doesn't work with Aaron next year, then everybody's going to be gone, and it'll be the blow-up that everyone's looking for. So that's Connor Hughes, of course, uh, SNY, must follow on Twitter. Jets and Giants, got a couple of giant things for you as well. So let's boil it down to this, Connor. He's in studio with us here, BT and Sound on the Fan. If I said, who's the bigger asset, or who's the better asset? It, meaning, who's better yeah, at their yeah. job? Is it Douglas, or is it Salah? Well, I... I... That's a tough one. So I, I think there's probably it's one draft and there's a lot more that, that kind of go against it. But I mean, Joe had Joe did go out there and put together a pretty, pretty freaking good draft class when you look at what he was able to do. And and I'm not even talking about the big the big ones and Sauce Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson, because when you're picking that high in the draft, you should be able to find some really good players. Yeah. And they did. It was Jermaine Johnson who's now coming into his own and looking like a legitimate player there. Uh it's finding Brees Hall in that same draft class who's looking like a pretty good player there. Uh, Joe Tipman the next year in the second round, looking like a pretty good player. Will McDonald, and again, we haven't seen the Will pick. McDonald. Even if he's fine, it's I, the I, I, pick. I 110% agree with you. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you could say JSN should have been the pick there. Addison could have been the pick there. Zayfall, again, you want to talk about they want to blame we don't have a receiver. Well, you don't have re- there were options there for you to draft, man. That's you should have right. gone out there and get them. But yeah. uh, I, I would say that, that Joe Douglas, even my criticisms of Joe Douglas, and, and he has made mistakes, the Zach Wilson pick. Uh, the Denzel Mims pick, the Makai Becton pick, some of his free agent signings. But you look at them, and I think with Joe, I can at least see the why. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work, right? But you can see the why. Lakin Tomlinson has been a bad free agent signing, but they went and signed a guy who was a Pro Bowl player in San Francisco who was going to be in the exact same scheme because they brought San Francisco's offensive line coach over. That's I, I think if you even hindsight, yeah, that, that was a pretty good signing, right? Then you look at some of the guys that they had in the building who they signed didn't work here and they let go. Well, now they're working elsewhere. Why? So... 
he has invested resources in the right places. He's put he's made an effort. This wasn't like Mike McCagden where it was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, how do you just ignore these spots? He's put the resources in the right places. He just hasn't invested the resources in the right way. And that to me is alarming. But at least with him, you can see the why. I don't always see the why with some of the things that. So the answer is Joe. I would agree. Yeah, by and the way. I, I think agree. honestly, and I've said I've said this to to some of my, my issues with the Jets right now, and, and a lot of it stems with somewhat with the players, but mostly with the staff. Is is that I just I don't love this, and and I said this on SNY. I, I don't love the culture of just consistent and incessant excuse making that seems to overrun the organization, and and it's it's never when Adam Gase was there, guys, and and I know he was ridiculed and ripped right. apart. I remember having conversations with Adam over and over and over again, and he would, and that roster was, by Robert Sala's own definition, expansion level. It was a bad, bad team. Never did Adam, for all of his faults, he never blamed the players. He never blamed what Joe Douglas gave him. He constantly said, yeah, maybe these guys aren't the best, but I have to find a way to get my offense to, can I have to find a way to get through to them? I have to find a way to make them see what I'm seeing. And yeah, it didn't work, and, and one of his failures was that he was never able to connect, but it was always... The thumb. It was always, I need to figure this out. I just get the sense a lot of times with this team right now, and, and again, it, it's it's not just Rob. It, it's, it, there's a lot going on there where it just feels like they constantly focus and hammer on who's not here, what they don't have, and what they still need instead of trying to find a way to make it work with who is there. It, and that, a, to me, is the most alarming aspect it, of the Jets. It's the absolutely pathetic. BT and Sal on the fan. We have Connor Hughes from SNY Institute here. Uh, we've talked about 10 minutes right now. We haven't mentioned Aaron Rodgers' name really in yeah, detail. Yeah. How much of this, because I, it just doesn't make any sense to me, Connor. If I'm the owner, I'm sitting back watching this team embarrass me year after year after year. At, like I like Joe Douglas. I think he's more respectable than anything else that we, they've had prior. Yeah. However, the results are what they are. The mm-hmm. team stinks, and there's always an excuse. Like you said, it's always something yeah. with them. Yeah. So if I'm the owner, I'm saying, what the hell's going on here? I'd look to either clean house, go hire a young, bright mm-hmm. offensive mind, maybe draft a quarterback or look to move up and take a quarterback. They're not. They're doubling it down. How much of this is because of the influence of Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't I don't think Aaron's sitting there. There was no, from Aaron Rodgers, there was no sitting down and saying, if you don't bring this regime back, I'm out. There was none of that. Like, he did I, back it, them publicly on the McAfee yeah, show. And he does, because he does. He's, he believes in them. He he belie- Obviously, he believes in Nathaniel Hackett. He believes in Joe Douglas. I'm sure he likes the fact that like this this staff seems, and the organization seems to give him whatever he wants. I'm sure right. that, that's, a, that's a benefit of it all, when we all like that. Um, but I, I think this was one of those things. He made his opinion clear, but it, it, he was not going to meddle. And he was not, like, Rodgers wasn't going to step in and say, I'm out. This was, in, in, and again, it, it's, I, I do believe that they are making the right move running it back. And the reasoning why I think they're making the right move running it back is because if they were to fire everyone and say, we're blowing this up, we're starting anew, right? You now know that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. You need to find a coach that one is willing to work with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if they want to keep Nathaniel High, but even if you're blowing, now you need to find an offensive coordinator. Also, it's a playoff mandate now because you have a team that's willing to win now. It's you see the quick trigger finger. Like it's just, it's almost like they're they're Woody's not sitting there and saying we're sticking with these guys through thick and thin forever. It is we set this up to see how it works with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went down after four plays. We're going to give you one opportunity this year, this coming year, 2024, to see it through with Aaron Rodgers. And if it doesn't work, and Joe Douglas said this at his end of year press conference, Rodgers said this when he talked to us as well, and I think he probably, probably said it on McAfee. I've lost track of everything that goes yeah. on there. Um, <laughs> they've made it clear that they know this is do or die. That if they don't do it this year, no matter who gets hurt, no matter right, who okay. goes, they are going to blow it up, and then it will be a complete fresh start, likely without, again, if 
Aaron Rodgers struggles here. He's not going to be back next year. So it would be a brand new quarterback, likely top 10 draft pick, new GM, new head coach, and they are truly going to start from scratch and move on from this regime. But they're just willing to see this through. And I honestly, like, you think at the big pool of people that would be want to get involved with this team and this coaching staff, it dwindles when you go, okay, you got to keep Aaron Rodgers. Okay, you got to mm-hmm. find someone that works with him. Okay, it's got to be an offense that works with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, it dwindles a little bit. Okay, also, by the way, it's pretty much a win now season. It dwindles even more. And the more. OC stay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that's why I think uh, outside of the OC, it's why I think Belichick would be a great fit because yeah. you really don't have a choice. They're trying to win now. You got mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Salah's the worst coach in the league. Belichick's available, and it might be the one time ever that he's desperate enough to even consider coming to the Jets. <laughs> to me, that may, I don't know what he would do with Hackett necessarily, but. You, look, you go into the season with Salah, Hackett, Rodgers, or Belichick, Rodgers. Which one are you going in with? Yeah, and I, I think I would say I, I would say Belichick. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, but I, I think everyone would. But my, my counter to that, and I said this yesterday, is that it, Bill Belichick is by just about every measure imaginable. He's the, he's the greatest coach to ever live in the NFL, right? I mean, I think if you want to go way back and talk about some of the other guys, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. like for the most part, and we can, again, get into the argument about Tom Brady, how much it's still – those first few Super Bowls that Tom Brady won, yeah, he was clutched down the stretch, but those were Bill's defenses, Bill's teams. Like, Brady was almost game-managed those first goals. Yep. Yeah, yep. and then Brady hit his stride almost in seven when the Giants right. beat him, and then he became, like, this unbelievable next otherworldly quarterback. But yep. still, Belichick is the greatest coach to ever live. He's sitting there, and there, are all these, there were all of these opportunities open, and he's been passed on them. Yep. And I, I wa- there, there's something there. That that Arthur Blank sat with him on his yacht, looked across him in the face, and walked away and said, "Nah, I'm gonna go with go with somebody else." There, there's something to that, and I don't know if it's that they think he got stale in New England. I don't know if there's uh, the report that came out that said he was going to bring Matt Patricia as his defensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, back. That he's almost stuck in his ways. Like, no, no, no. What went wrong in New England? That wasn't me. Trust me. Let me run it back. And some people are like, no, we want to see a guy who's got a fresh start. Like when Coughlin came back to the Giants, and he was different than Jacksonville a little bit. And you see these yeah. guys that get fresh. Like yeah. Pete Carroll was different in Seattle. Like they they re-energize and they change their method and they ev- they evolve. It's almost like Bill didn't evolve. And, and I, I, I. There's usually something there, and if if it seems so obvious, and all of these teams out there are kind of saying, "No, we're going to go with somebody else," I think there's something to it. With the exception of the Panthers, where they just had to find someone to take that job. I agree with you. Um, I I would not do it. I, I want to go back to one bigger picture issue with the Jets. It's funny. A lot of times, and I know you get this as well on on social media. What about ownership? Like we can. Yeah. Tweet all day and do shows and have segments and debate and yell yeah. and scream. Rogers, coach, GM, this, all line receivers, whatever. Ownership. I think Woody's a terrific person. I really yeah. do. I think he's a good guy. I think Woody Johnson's biggest issue is that he's got no connections. Like anytime, like anytime the Jets have a big decision to make, right? They lean on Charlie Casserly. Oh, hey, yeah. Peyton, what do you think yeah. of Peyton? What the hell? I don't care what Peyton Manning yeah. thinks about, about the Jets. I care what somebody inside the building who knows football, who's had success, yeah. who's who's got Woody's ear. I care what that person cares about the Jets. And I feel like Woody doesn't have that reliable voice or person to gravitate to in the building that's going to get him in the right direction. Is that unfair to say? I, I think there's some. Like, I I, I know uh, Jaime, the team president, he recently took over uh, a few years ago. He's a true football guy. Like, he really is, and he's got he's got Woody's ear. Uh, there is something to that, but, I mean, it's not not every owner is going to be John Mara, who's a football lifer, you know, or Jerry Jones, who's a football lifer. And I know Jerry's fallen off some, but still, I mean, the Cowboys are always good. Like, they're, they're never, like, very rarely are they just a bad team that's missing the playoffs 13 straight years. But 
I uh, the one the one credit I will end up kind of flipping that and giving Woody is that he realizes that it's not like he's out there trying to be something he's not. Mm-hmm. He he brings in the you know, again he brought in the wrong people. But one of the big reasons why they went out there and got Joe is that this was a dude who cut his teeth from Ozzie Newsom in 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 Baltimore, right? And, yep. and then he had success in Philly with Howie Roseman, and, and he had a you know basically a cup of coffee with the Bears. But like this was your football guy, and Woody wasn't there, but Christopher Johnson was. Woody still signed off on it, and they gave full control of the team to Joe and was like. You've seen how it works before. You've done it before. Go. Now, the one criticism of Woody is that I think there are times where it's like the shiny object that grabs your attention, and it's like, I need to have that. And, and I wonder if, if he still needs to – he's a little bit more hands-on than Christopher was. Christopher was very much like, Joe, it's your show. You go. And, and Woody is still, yeah, it's Joe's show, but maybe we do this. Maybe we do that. You know, So I think there is a little bit of that, but it's just the unfortunate – like that aspect of what you're saying, it's the unfortunate – just reality of the Jets. Like, that's not Woody. Like, Woody's not the football lifer. He He's not ignorant to it all. But, I mean, you're unfortunately looking for something he's not. And the only way that changes is if he goes and sells the team, which isn't going to happen. Or hires so, the absolute right person. And, they, yeah, and, and that's, they that's what they think they did with yeah. Joe, yeah, right? I, I mean, that that's what they thought they did. I like and, Joe. Yeah. I do. I, I I haven't given up on Joe. I've given up on Sullivan. I haven't given up on yeah. Joe yet, totally. But, uh, unfortunately, they're a package deal now because you're not going to let – like, it's rare. It, it is rare that these two guys got an opportunity to pick another quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, when you whiff like you did on Zach Wilson, and they whiff, I don't care that he had to play his first year. It did not matter. This was going to be a problem whether he started or whether he didn't start. You so can- you don't think if he was drafted by a different team with a... No. With- okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. The better up you don't no, think he, you just I don't, don't think, think he could play? play? No, there's two. I mean, it was it didn't work. Mike LaFleur was a hard, a hard coordinator. Like he he grinded him. It was, dude, you messed up on this. You need to be like he was hard. It was tough love. Yep. Didn't work. Nathaniel Hackett was the coddler. 
it was like, don't worry, we got it. Robert Sala even, let's hold him, it's fine. That didn't work. Like, yep. he, he has tantalizing talent, but there's something there that's just not clear. But I don't push back on the the coaching tactics, but he never had the requisite pieces to win. And he's gone. Yeah. I know they're going to get rid of him. What I was going to say was, like, if he's drafted by the Niners and he's got protection and he's got offensive schemes yeah. that are innovative and forward-thinking and skill guys, and, like, I know they. I, that's a good point yeah. about coaching him hard, although they've coddled him lately and, and it's done. You don't think if he was drafted to a totally different situation with that skill set, he could have been a star? Not well. The Niners, I think, is you can. I think you put Sam in there this weekend. The Niners are still going to go to the Super Bowl. Like I think the Niners are just they're they're that they're the outlier. Um, I I don't. I really don't. I, okay. I really like. I mean, look. I don't. I don't think he would be the disaster that he was with the Jets those first couple of years. Like I, I don't think it was going to be that bad. But I do think that. I, I don't see him ever reaching the potential of the number two. I, I think that his his ceiling, I, I genuinely believe that Zach's ceiling was the spot duty starter that comes in and you hope that he can hold the fort down and he goes up to being a backup. I, he was never going to be a pro bowler. He's never going to be an all-pro. And that's a miss of a draft. You picked him second overall. Like, and now, granted, every other, the one, the, probably the only saving grace for that is that every other quarterback drafted after Trevor Lawrence was bad as well. Like, Mac Jones mm-hmm. is Still bad. question marks about Lawrence yeah, and Fields, as well. Yeah, and, and Fields probably is, is like, he came on a little bit late there, but it looks like they're going to go Caleb Williams. So, I mean, that, they're restarting there, and, and those guys see him every single day. So that tells you all you need to know. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I don't think he was ever going to be anything, no beat, matter what. Wow. Beat T and Sal on the fan. We're in studio with Connor Hughes. Covers the Jets and Giants for SNY. We'll get to the Giants in just a second here. Last one for me on the Jets. More about personnel. You mentioned mm-hmm. that they're going all in this year. What are we looking at as far as Bryce Huff coming back? And then what mm-hmm. do you expect them to do in the draft? I mean, you would assume it's going to be O-line or wide receiver. Clearly, they need both. So Huff, and then where do the Jets go with the draft? Yeah, Huff. Huff's a fascinating one because I've ne- – and I appreciate – I told him, like, on, on baggy day, I shook his hand. I was like, dude, I appreciate the honesty because he's probably the only player that was like, no, I'm taking the bag. Like, I'm, 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 I'm where, whoever offers me the most money does not matter. I'm t- <laughs> and good it. for him. You know what I mean? Because some guys yeah, are like, yeah, yeah we'll see. I'd love to be back. He's like, yeah, I'll be back if they pay me the most money. So <laughs> I, I think the Jets, the biggest ball dropping by them was not offering that guy a contract in the middle of the season because you could have had him at a number that was far less than the number he's going to see on the open market as a 10 sack guy. And because I think they took a half a sack away from him on the finale. So I think it's it, as a, as a double digit sack guy playing 40% of the defensive snaps, he's going to get a monster deal and, and somebody is going to pay him. And, and I just, the only option for the Jets to keep him because they're going to make a contract. It's not like they're just going to let him walk. They'll make him a contract offer. He's just going to get overpaid. And their, their only option would be then to franchise tag him. And everything we've heard from Joe Douglas is that that's not going to happen. They're, they're not going to franchise tag him. So he's going to go. And, and part of that probably has to do with the fact they invested a first-round pick in Will McDonald. And you got to see the kid play. But we can debate that the whole time as you have a proven guy who's a 10-sack guy with somebody that you don't, you're, you're banking on upside. I would, I, if it was me, I'd bring him back. I don't know how me you too. let him go. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Number two receiver, and we'll start getting to these giant issues as well. Mm-hmm. Number two receiver, opposite Garrett Wilson, week one is which player? Trade, draft, who is it? I think it's going to be, I'm going to go a little bit wide. I think it's going to be Calvin Ridley because the Jets are pretty high on him Ooh. coming. So the only reason I say that is I think Mike Evans goes back to the Bucks. I think he, assuming that they work things out with Baker Mayfield, I don't think Adams gets traded anymore. Yeah. With, with, so Adams with the was the stuff. hot one. I don't think so. The Raiders did not make him available at all at the deadline. Like he was not available. Like it didn't happen. The fact that Antonio Pierce is coming back, the only the Raiders have never said they want to get rid of Adams. It was Adams would want out of out of Vegas. And now that he's back and it seems like they're gonna to try to make this not a rebuild, but kind of like a retool and they think they can fix this thing relatively quick. 
I don't necessarily know if if he's gone. And if if like if Adams is available, it's Adams. I just doubt that he's going to be available. Calvin Ridley was a guy that when he was being traded from the Falcons, the Jets were all over. They loved him. Mm. They made calls. They were in on him. They wanted to make a deal. When they called him, it was right around the time the Falcons knew the gambling stuff was coming out. So I remember talking to people over at the Jets, and they were like, I don't think he's available. Like, like we want him. Like, we think he's available. They did their homework as far as seeing if the issues that he had with the coaching staff, was that like a Calvin Ridley has has budding, he can't be coached. Like, they did all their background. Okay. They checked every box. The problem with him was when they called the Falcons to try to get something done. The Falcons were like, yeah, he's not available. And it was because they didn't want to deal in bad faith. Basically trade this guy for a second-round uh, pick. They should have, the idiots. Yeah, really. Trade him. Uh, Let yeah. that be the Jets' problem. Yeah, seriously. They, uh, didn't, they uh, just didn't want him. They didn't want that. To, they didn't want to trade him. And then, like, basically, like, yeah, we're going to get a second-round pick. Then, oh, surprise, uh, he's suspended for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, they didn't want to do that. And then the Jaguars ended up getting yeah. on a deal. But if he's available, he's one I could see them because they like him. I think he'd be a good compliment. I, I think he would be what they're looking for as as, as a receiver. Uh, T. Higgins, I think he's probably going to get tagged, so I don't think he's going to be there. Like that's the thing is, you look now at the list of receivers that could be there for the Jets, and realize that list is going to be cut by ninety percent because a lot of these guys are going to come back. They're going to be this, that, the other thing. So it would be Adams, but I, if he's not available, I think it could be Calvin. Any old line's got to be first uh, first round. Got to be. They need, it's I mean, be. It's, that's, you're asking Joe to do in a few months here what he hasn't done in five years. That's that's like the the concept that they're going to rebuild this offensive line like that. Just it it. He's a well, well that, hold on. Yeah, let me push dude. back. No, he hasn't done it, but let me push Beckton back about maybe. Stinks. I mean, that may have even been a worse pick than Wilson. Yeah, guy's got no heart, no motor. He thinks he's the best. He can't <laughs> stay healthy. He's out of shape. Yeah, no, uh, he's he's gone. Tipman, Vera Tucker, and a and a first round hit. I know mm-hmm. he's got a hit. I get that. You do that right there. Boom, sixty percent old line set. Yeah, and and it's not undoable. The first round pick's got a hit. Yep, and and again, this is a, a general manager. I, I do think that Joe's solid, but he also picked Beckton over Werfs, and and Werfs a pretty pretty good football player for good. the Buccaneers. And, and it's, yeah, theoretically, if they hit everything right, if like you said, they, they go out there and say Vera Tucker now is your right tackle, right? Because it's harder to find tackles than it is guards. You make Vera Tucker your right tackle. You go out there, you draft a left tackle, boom, tackle, tackle set. Lake and Tomlinson's better now because Tipton's year two. You now actually have a left tackle next to him. And then all you have to do is sign a right guard, which theoretically guards are more available, but the Jets have signed guards before, and you've got Greg Van Roten, who failed, and you had Lakin Tomlinson, who has failed. They've drafted offensive linemen before and signed offensive tackles before that have failed. By the way, Elijah Vera Tucker is an offensive lineman who tore his Achilles. Like, I think about a basketball player jumping. Like, Achilles death sentence because you can't jump anymore unless uh, you're Durant. Uh. Like, an offensive lineman's job is push. Like, push off. Yep. Like, that. that's not just – you can't just assume – that Vera Tucker is just going to be the Vera Tucker that was a borderline Pro Bowl All-Pro player. Like, you can't just assume that. He's coming up. So you now need not only to figure out left tackle, right tackle, and right and a legitimate depth piece at right guard behind, behind Vera Tucker in case he's not the same, and also hope Tippman improves because there were some up and down year there. I know the Jets believe in him, but there was some up and down there just the same as JMS with the Giants. So I, I think there are, theoretically, yeah, there's a path to do it. You can do it. Teams have done it before. But again, five years, Joe's been this team's general manager, and he stood at the podium on his introductory press conference and said, we need to rebuild the trenches. We need to rebuild the offensive line. And we're sitting here now saying they need three-fifths, four-fifths of their offensive line fix. Like, yeah, so it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, I, have, I have my reservations 
that they're going to be able to do it this offseason. I do. I, I, it'd be fun to do. I'd like to cover a playoff run. That, that's a heck of a lot better for, for business, right? But, I mean, I just have my reservations that they're going to be able to do it. Well, you still do cover the Giants. BT and Sal yeah. on the fan talking with Connor Hughes, who works for us. So, wow, let's get to the Giants here. Not as much in-depth, obviously, as the Jets. Jets have many issues. Let's yeah. start, though, with the coaching stuff. What would you make of the yeah. whole Dable, Wink Martindale, and where the Giants are at now currently with their coaching staff? I found it I found it very, very, very funny that, that the number of – that story is not true. There is no, there is no backlash. There is no anything. There is no rift here. And now suddenly he gets fired, and now everybody and their uncle is saying, "Oh no, yeah, they actually did hate." It's like, dude, like this was always there. Like Jake, there are there are people in this business, guys, that you know. They say something, and their word is like, you don't, you don't. It's like he's one. Glazer's you know, one. Glazer's right. one. Like, the, the, like this guy. Like, anytime you have some dude who knows so much that he sits on it until a pregame show and then drops it, like. The dude knows what he's saying. Like right. he's and he's not hearing this from like I heard some wild theories that it was like the equipment manager saying this. Yeah, like okay. they're getting it from the laundry kit. Dude, this is gla- he's no, he's probably hearing it from the top of the top. Like this he's not making this stuff up. So that that blew my mind, but it's not just Pat Leonard's story that he ran in the Daily News. I and and Dan Duggan ran one right before him. Athletic, I thought yep. both of those stories were I should have gone I used to work at the Athletic. I should have given them the same yeah. outlet shout out. Uh those two stories were so well sourced, and I thought they told both sides of the story very well. It wasn't blue shaded. It wasn't this is the giant side. It was this is the side of who's left. This was the side of who's staying. And also, these are all of the things that we've picked up on what's actually going inside. And some of those quotes that were dropped by specifically Leonard in there, it painted an environment that has built that you can tell when the Giants are winning games like they did two years ago, yeah, you can look past it. You can look past being being cursed out and in meetings and this and, and the crazy hotheadness because you're winning games. And at the end of the day, when clock hits zero and you win and everyone's happy and fans are happy, everyone's good. But when you lose, it really wears people down. And the Giants had, and I'm not, you can check my phone, I'm not tight with Wink Martindale. I don't have his cell phone number. I don't talk yeah. to him every day. Like, here he's a golfer, so maybe I'll see him on a course someday. But, like, I don't know him from anything other than sitting in front of him in a press conference. He was a top-tier defensive coordinator you had in your building, and the working environment with David was so bad that he wanted out. He was like, I can't do this anymore. And it wouldn't surprise – there were other coaches, whether it was the stink guy that he gave the special teams coordinator, whether it was the assistants that have come out and spoke, that it's like there is something there that is alarming. And it is something there that needs to be addressed and changed. And just assuming that, oh, Wink was a bad apple, the the, the these guys were bad apples, this one was bad, this was just – this wasn't really a problem. It was something that just kind of one squeaky wheel. No, this was enough where it was an issue inside their building that they need to fix. And I think there's more there than maybe what some people thought, and it was just hidden year one because they were winning. Okay, so do you think that there's a chance – Connor Hughes with us in the studio, by the way, BT and Sal, SNY, Twitter, of course, Jets and Giants, great coverage. Do you think that there's a chance that when it's all said and done, his volatility from a personality point of view ruins him, Dable? So – yeah, I mean, I, I heard I heard from stuff baking like when some of this stuff came out, I was like, man, this is this is like not good. And I remember talking to people that that knew that there were issues in Cleveland, like when he was the offensive coordinator there, the same volatility and and heatedness in Cleveland, and some of the reasons. Remember, Dable went through several coaching cycles mm-hmm. before he got his job. That there were some of those issues that were turned up in those coaching cycles and the coaching interviews, and and they wanted him to address them and. He didn't address them overly well in some of those interviews, which is why those teams passed him despite his success in Buffalo with their DVOA and what Josh Allen's done and all those things. And yeah, I, I think this is something that could deteriorate. I mean, it's, it's very rare. And, and 
I don't think Kafka is like just some surefire pick to come back. Where they're, I think there's a ch- there's there's not a zero percent chance that he takes a lateral move. Like that's not that's not completely in, incomprehensible. Like that's that's still a situation mm-hmm. that could be out there. And when you have a coordinator that that is or a coach that loses all three coordinators and maybe two of which because they don't want to work with him anymore, that's that's a red flag. And I don't think it's so much so that. He can't save it because I do think that Brian Dable is a very good coach from a schematic standpoint. It does the look that that team was two and eight. They very easily could have finished right. the season two and two and fifteen and and gone to the tank of Giants picking one or two. They still fought for him. Them beating the Eagles final game of the season that's noteworthy when the Giants had nothing to win. Like, yeah, we said we said that too. No, we said that. Hundred percent. So guys still it. fight for him. Yep. And players still fight for him. And I think he did do a good job of sheltering the coaching drama from the locker room. So there was a clear divide. I think he did do those two things. But what? Wink's absence and departure has shown is that there are things that need to change with Brian Dable if he wants to be a year-over-year consistent, successful head coach in the NFL. And I think he does need to change and adjust, and he's going to be given the opportunity to do it this year. So that, that's good stuff, by the way. Now, if he, really, doesn't, if yeah. he doesn't, then I think you're talking about uh, Belichick. I think that, yeah. that, well, that's the that, Giants that, coach in Well, that's where I wanted to go if because the way you present it and – some people thought it was all wink, like wink trying to be, you know, usurp power. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I did. I mean, I'm. I'm you did think yeah, that. You yeah, did, yeah. and you weren't alone, by the way. Right. So now that we have a, 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 you know, an A to Z scouting report on the building, to me, this seems dangerous enough. Where I might call Belichick today. And get ahead of this. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. Is it's great because he's play. He, he not only did. I mean, Brian. Like, there is something to say what he did last year. I mean, t- two years ago. I'm sorry, not not this right. last year was bad. I mean, he took a team that was terrible to the playoffs and won a playoff game with, with no talent. Like that team. I remember watching that team in training camp, and I talked to my boss at SNY and was like, "I'm basically gonna be with the Jets every day because this team's gonna win three games. Like this this team stinks." And like the fact that he had them playing the way that they did and got it, that is that is noteworthy. And I, you don't you can't just constantly keep firing guys like they did with Ben McAdoo, like they did with Joe Judge. Like, you can't keep doing that. So they are making the 100% right decision to run it back with them next year. Like, he has, I mean, honestly, you've seen more from Dable than you have Robert Solid to oh, justify no coming no back. Question. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that my concern is that if things go south next year and he doesn't change, what could happen? You know what I mean? Because now the covers have been pulled up. where the, the Everyone was tucked in and hidden, and it was, again, they won year once, you didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Things went through year two, you were fine. Year three, the covers were pulled off. And it was, again, the story from Dan, the story from Pat. Like, that showed a lot of what was going on there. Whether you want to pretend it didn't happen, I know some fans don't want to know, but it's the truth. That is the truth. Those guys are two damn good reporters. Like, they 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 uncovered a lot of that stuff. And the fact that these guys were willing to talk about it in year two when things started going south and they still finished strong, if they struggle again next year because Barkley's gone, Daniel Jones isn't the quarterback that they paid all those things, maybe Shane doesn't hit home runs in the draft, and they struggle again with another hard schedule and a very hard division, I do worry about what's it going to look like going down the stretch. And will Mara want to say this is too much? Because the one thing he doesn't handle is being embarrassed. Mm -hmm. He does not handle being embarrassed at all. He doesn't like it. It's the Giants' pride. It's what the building means. It's what the logo means. All that He doesn't handle being embarrassed. And if he is, if he says, you know what, thanks for the three years, it's too much, we're going to restart this thing. And if it does, if he does go that route and Belichick sits out of here, that's the one where, to me, you're talking about Jets. I mean, that's the one where Belichick comes home to the Giants. It just seems like a, 
something they would be willing to do if it, again, not this year, but 2025. BT and Sal on the fan in studio with Connor Hughes covers the Jets and Giants for SNY. Last one for you, Connor. The the Kayvon Thibodeau stuff here recently. Yeah. Did you just see with uh, his comments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw the headline initially, then saw the actual comments. I really didn't think there was much to it. But your thoughts on not only his comments, but also what it means inside that locker room as it pertains to Saquon Barkley. Saquon's a really well-respected player, and players want players that get paid. So I get it. I get it. But from a general manager perspective, Joe Shane did it right. Mm -hmm. Like Because he paid Daniel Jones and because he tagged Saquon Barkley, the Giants had the ability. And I know their season did not go the way that it did the year before. But when you look at that team on paper, they were better at receiver. Because they had the financial resources to go out there and add some players. They were better at tight end with Darren Waller because they had the means to go out there and add some players. They were better overall because by paying the quarterback and spacing out that cap hit and tagging Saquon Barkley and not having the 40 or whatever million dollar cap hit it was going to be to have uh, uh, Daniel Jones playing on the tag, they had the financial resources to round out the roster. So they, he played it right. And by the way, Saquon Barkley did not run for 1,000 yards. He was injured again. And now you're going into a season like... He played it. I'm sorry. Like If Saquon Barkley was a pass rusher or if Saquon Barkley was a receiver or Saquon Barkley was a quarterback, he would have been paid. Yeah. I think what Joe Shane has shown us, and I think that it's smart team building, is that he just does not believe that running back is a valuable position that you need to invest significant resources in. So if Saquon Barkley wants to remain with a giant, that's fine, but it's going to be on on Joe Shane's terms. Joe Shane is going to put out the contract, and Joe Shane is going to say, These, this is what I'm willing to pay the running back, and if you want to take it, great. If you want to find better elsewhere, you can go find better elsewhere and that's just now from Shane's perspective if you want to take that stance that's totally fine with me but remember the locker room like you said they do value Saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley is still this offense's best player so if you're going to let him go and not pay him you need to be able to hit on picks in the draft and you need to be able to hit on your signings in free agency to be able to fill that void because if you let him go and suddenly the offense is a disaster you're going to have people saying as Saquon's running for 1,300 yards with the Eagles. Correct. And it's gonna, he's running for 1,300, 1,400 yards with the Eagles. You're going to say, well, he could have been with us. Why did we let him go? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, but again, it's Kayvon. I get it because it's a player. And players don't care. I mean, Darius Slayton said the same thing. Like Players don't live in the world of salary cap. Players live in the world of maximize my worth like Bryce Huff and get the most money that I can possibly get. Right? Mm -hmm. And the Giants are operating in the world of we need to field the best team we can possibly field. And they fielded a better team last year than the team that went to the playoffs the year before. They just didn't get the bounces that went their way. And they did that because they had money to play with because they paid Jones to space out his cap hit and get out of what that's, that franchise tag would have been. And they franchise tag Barkley. And it just stinks because Barkley's a perfect giant. This is the whole problem with taking a running back number two overall. Yes, yeah, they they yeah. set him up, get him and set him up for disaster. Yeah. Barkley's great. He means a lot to the Giants. But obviously his worth at that position. Yeah, I a crazy story about that draft too. If you if you want that one about taking him second overall. Okay. I don't know if we have time. Yeah. So it was. Um, uh, I remember talking to Mike McCagnan about it because you remember the Giants uh, right. were drafting three. Oh, of course, yeah. And it was a lot of people were debating that one and two. Like you knew Browns were going quarterback. You just know it was Sam or Baker. Yeah. Were the Giants going to go quarterback as well? Because that was when Eli was going down. And I remember talking to Mike because Mike traded from I think six to three. And I said to him, like, dude, like, why did you not was that with the Colts? He traded with the Colts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, went up to it. three. Yep. And I remember saying, like, dude, like, weren't you nervous? Like that that the Giants were gonna go quarterback, quarterback, and suddenly you're landing the number three, which would have been Josh Rosen, because the, the after drafting Hackenberg, they weren't gonna go with a developmental project like Allen again. It's like he goes, honestly, he goes, No, because we had our sources that said the Giants were so locked in on Barkley at number two. And I was like, Well, like that's I mean, I have sources too. Anytime you break a story, 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. There's always like that slight hesitation. Like, is this person lying to me? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, are you worried? Right. He goes, I wasn't worried until the morning of the draft happened. And we got word that it wasn't Sam going one, that Baker was going one. Because like everyone was convinced Sam was going one. To the point where, when uh, Sam took his visit to the Jets, Christopher Johnson was talking to him about where to live in Cleveland. So the Jets thought they were getting Baker? They thought they were getting Baker at three. So they traded up specifically for him or just one or the other? No, they thought they were getting Baker. They had Sam was their number one quarterback that they thought they were getting Baker. They thought they were getting Baker. They thought they were getting Baker. With Sam one, Barkley two, Baker three. So he goes, I was like, did you ever get worried? He goes, the only time I got worried was when we got worried in the morning that it was going to be Baker one. He goes, because I knew that the only person that loved Sam more than anyone in the world was John Elway. And he was with the Broncos. He goes, and I was petrified that John was going to call the Giants at number two and offer the house for number two in order to get Sam Darnold. And I was like, really? He goes, and I found out, he goes, after the fact, I saw John wherever. And he goes, I said to him, I was like, I was, I was surprised you didn't do that. Like, I really thought Don't you were going to try to did. jump us. They did. Dave wouldn't answer the phone. <gasps> Dave was what? so locked in on number two that he wouldn't no answer the phone. Way. Yeah. So Dave was, like, when Dave said, like, when what Dave said in his press conference, when Dave said in his post-game press conference, they didn't need to even take calls. They ran it up to get Barkley. He was not lying. Like, he was dead accurate. Like, he was, wow. he would not answer the phone. And the Broncos were willing to come up to number two to get out. Okay, mean, they wanted has that been out there before? Yeah, I've talked about it before. Like, I, I don't know. Not like, you know, yeah. answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what? we've always ripped him for yeah. saying not only and like, he could have wow. moved back because I think yeah. it was that like, Quentin Nelson. I think yeah, was in that yes, draft yes, yeah. yeah. Not only, the coach. Not yeah, only do you not yeah, take sure. a running yeah. back there, trade yeah, you down could add everything you... in the world. Wow, right. well, that's wow. a great story. Yeah. It was you crazy. And I was like, on that man, yeah. that's a good story. Yeah. All right, thanks, Connor. We appreciate your time, man. We'll be following along. Yeah, you can follow him on uh, Twitter at Connor J Hughes on Twitter. Works for SNY, of course. Both Jets and Giants. I'm sure there'll be plenty of storylines for both these teams moving forward. We appreciate you taking the time. All right, Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata back on the fan. Fun having Connor Hughes in studio, talking some Jets and Giants with him. Let's restore some order here. So coming up at 12 o'clock, we'll get back to the crown here with the crown topic of the day, which was talking about Bill Belichick still being available and how the Jets, to me, are just foolish, not even looking at him. Whether they're going to do it or not doesn't matter. They should do it. We've also, BT, talked about the Knicks. And before we get back and reset with the crown, I do want to get back into the Knicks. We didn't really talk about the specifics last night. Not that we're going to break down the game, but come on, dude. We talked about it. You were even saying, ah, they don't be, have, they haven't beaten the good teams. Since Ananobi's been here, they've basically beaten everybody they played. I think they have only two losses. Uh, 11-2 Anan- now. Yep. Right, okay. So 11-2 and two since Ananobi's uh, come over via the trade, which was an all-time great trade already. And then to have the Nuggets in your building, and I'm not trying to overreact to a game in January. Obviously, it's different mid-January than it would be mid-June or May or whatever in the postseason. However, to see them do what they did, Randall played extremely well, making the right decisions, eight assists I think he had on the uh, on the night. Brunson, a legitimate superstar on the night. He doesn't get voted in to be a starting all-star, which is bullcrap, but still, Brunson, a legitimate star. Randall, Anunobi doing all that he can, both defensively and offensively, smoking the world champs. Dude, there should not be a ceiling being put on what this Knicks team can do. I love this team. Now, I'm not going to back off what I said about Randall, and you and I had that discussion the other day. I'm terrified. If he if he's still the two, not the first 46 minutes of the game, 
the final two minutes where he just changes. And until he proves that he can play in the playoffs with a slower heartbeat, he's going to worry me. But last night was just flat-out fun. And it felt like a layup line at one point. Up, yeah. oh, here's a sick rebound. You know, up, oh, there's a three. Up, oh, here's a steal by Ananobi. Here's a transition bucket. Up, oh, here's a block shot. Here's Hart with a three. Like, it was, it was bonkers. The Knicks kicked the stuffing out of Denver. Everybody saw it. As a matter of fact, I, I don't even think this is hyperbole. Like, it's it's... It's one of the most impressive performances I've seen them have in a long time. From start that, to how, finish. Yeah, that's, the, yes. The fourth quarter didn't From even start managed. to finish. No, everybody they, was on the bench. Everybody was in garbage time. Took over in the first quarter. Can I tell you my favorite thing, though, about this team? Aside from the individual stars, they play like a team. They do. They, they have play, great chemistry. They play like a team that gives a crap. They're yep. not just out there collecting a paycheck. They're passionate. They're energetic. They're determined. And they're underdogs. Because everybody nationally and a lot of people locally doubt what they could do, whether it's Brunson's size, whether it's Randall being the second best player on a legitimate championship team, whatever, the moves that they've made, the bench, Tibbs himself, mm-hmm. they're they're underdogs. They're determined to shut the naysayers up. I love everything about it. All right, a couple things about the core of the team. And obviously, Randall's a massive part of the core, but I'm going to put it to the side for a moment. Like, you talk about the chemistry, which is is so obvious and and so rare and so elusive for not just the Knicks, but so many teams over the years. It's hard to get it. it it's even more impressive. Number one, you've got a collegiate connection. This is just so rare. Now, I know Archie Diakono's on the squad as well, but you've got three guys that play every single night, massive minutes, right? Not a coincidence. Yep. And they are from a school with Jay Wright. They are fundamentally sound. They were they were good high school students. Nova has standards. It's a terrific academic school, and they all have chips on their shoulders. As Sal said, two other points. So and then everybody kind of feeds off that. So just the 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 inner template for competitiveness and togetherness is so obvious. It's awesome. It is there. Hardenstein didn't even play, which is even more impressive. Right? right? It to be you know like hearing this. It was game five of a five game road trip for Denver, who went through Philly, through Boston. I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying Denver doesn't strike me as maybe the kind of team that's out in the club in Manhattan till four in the morning, eh, but they've been away from Denver since January 13th or January 14th in the NBA. That matters, but that's just a point. I'm not even going to really expand on that, but you have to factor it in. I am now at the point, and this is a deeper conversation. I don't know if I want to make a trade. Well, they need it. They need another, two. Unless, they- it, no, no, unless it's a massive upgrade at the two spot, like a star. You don't you don't want to upgrade the bench? I, I don't I don't know if I want to mess around with this. Uh, I still want to upgrade with this the chemistry. bench. Minimal move on the bench, and I'd rather upgrade a two guard. I, I still think they need to upgrade a little. We're talking about getting the next level here. Uh, you're getting to the next level because OG Adenobi is, and we, we surmise this. Now it's obviously. Why apparent. not just complete it though? He is so much better. Know this. I, I like him. So much better than RJ Barrett. Oh my God! Not it's only is not he better, even close. Right, but not only is he better, he's a better fit, a yes. much better fit. Yep. It's a testament to Leon Rose, to Tibbs picking the right. They start players. calling him King Rose. Uh, yeah, really. He saved us. Identifying what they want, what's going to work, and they put it all together, and it has been fun to watch. Omar's in Brooklyn. Omar, how are you? Good morning. What's up, man? Hey, listen, first. Uh, I want to say both of you guys uh, like I I have nothing I will take McDermott as my head coach with four direct uh, AFC East championship I have seen 
the Knicks in 90s and I have suffered with the Knicks for 20 years only Camelo Anthony making the playoffs now we are going to go on a run again so I rather take that if we don't win a championship and I go to the playoffs every year and I go AFC second seed every year I will take it to the moment until it's a heartbreak and I will say next year is McDermott's uh, if he wins it all, because everything has come to a wide right. Uh, oh, it was wide right. Enough of the Bills. Get yeah. to the Knicks, You're a Omar. Knicks guy. We don't care what you think about the Bills. Knicks. Not, not now. On the overnight, I loved it. But now we want to get to the Knicks. Okay, my, my Knicks thing is Ananobi. I was cutting for last year that I want this player. My my son doesn't like it. A lot of the defensive player this. Total change the efficiency of the game. I need another trade, and I have come to realize there was two trades, the two options that I gave uh, to Landros. Either you get Clarkson, not only Clarkson, you have to make sure that with Clarkson you get Kyle Oniak because we don't know what Mitch Robinson is going to be. If you want to upgrade, listen, he's a great scorer coming from the bench. Yeah, 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 his defense is I'll fall asleep, buddy. Omar. Yes. Disappointing call, buddy. How? You, you, you are held to this, a standard. This is a day. You are held to a standard. That is weak. This is a day where I expected to punch you up and let you fire Come away on. about how the Knicks are going to win the championship. McDermott. It's coming. Real thing is coming. Real thing is coming. Oh, you coming. better get to it. Yes. The real thing is. I want Murray, no way, matter what, because it upgrades and it makes me an Eastern Conference champion going to the NBA Finals. Murray is the right answer. He has size. He has defense. He can score. If coming from the bench, he has, with a ball in his hand, one player that will upgrade the way Ananobi is. Knicks going to the NBA Finals if Murray is a Nick. Telling you right now. Uh, there you go, okay. Omar. Thank you for the call, Omar. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's maybe too depressed about wide right. He's still not over that. What's oh, this? is he actually a Bills fan? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did yeah. just huge, randomly popped. No, no, I got no. You. Huge I got Bills you. fan. Got so, it. And usually I poke him about that. Yeah, but yeah, this I, I was got a spot you. where come on, he's also a diehard Knicks fan. He's been big RJ Barrett, Barrett backer for a while, but big Knicks fan. I know him as a Knicks guy. He's yeah. going me and take as well. I mean, uh, far too uh, sedate for the first. Come on. I'm expecting the Knicks just kicked the that? Nuggets ass last Weak. night. I'm expecting Omar to come out firing on all cylinders. He's worried about wide right still, which I understand because <laughs> yeah, if I, I mean, were they were up fan, by 35. No, I get uh, it. The place was on fire. All right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 